Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. We are back once again. Another episode here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, as well as iHeartRadio. And I'm actually very excited to announce this. We're, we're you know, I, I've always announced, like, obviously being on um, iHeartRadio, being on iTunes, and just the availability of the show. And it's a big thank you to everybody that continues to support and just likes to chime in and give ideas. Because I always love the stuff on social media whether it's on Instagram or Twitter at Ed Easton Jr. You guys always come through with, you know, whether it's encouragement or just ideas for the show to make it better. And I just want to say once again, it is completely and fully appreciated. And and I thank you all for that. And because of that support and because of just what you guys have been doing, I, I have to, I'm just so, look, I'm so excited, but I am proud to announce the show is now available on Spotify for all the Spotify users out there. And it was a surprise to me when I got the uh, the call about it. And it was like, oh, would you be interested? I said, yeah. Yeah, I would be interested in uh, being on Spotify. So uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, keeping this show uh, just going and just, just giving it the support and the love. And it's it's greatly appreciated. And it just makes it fun to just, you know, put this stuff together and and just to be able to express how I feel about the world of sports and just give other people an opportunity to speak and uh, share their thoughts. That's what Sports Social is all about. You know, it's it's just such a great thing. And I, I appreciate it. So I just want to take the time to thank you guys on that one. And um, just to really even just to add on to it, because um, it's been such a crazy, I say two weeks for everybody out there that uh. Uh, big soccer fans, you know, football for everyone that's doesn't like to call it soccer. It is originally called football. We had the World Cup. World Cup was the biggest sporting event, period. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're not a soccer fan. I got to be honest. I am not a soccer fan at all. I've watched a ton of soccer games on TV, you know, via web and, and everything like that. But I, I can't never say I, I'm a huge soccer fan. So... In order to just to, to get a more like a little bit more accustomed to the game, obviously it's not the World Cup. I'm not going all the way to uh, Russia in order to you know learn about soccer more or, or get more acclimated to it. I uh, took advantage of the fact that you know Major League Soccer, Major League Soccer is a big deal here in America. There are, there are there is a very heavy fan base for Major League Soccer, and there are two teams in the New York City area or well, New York area period I should say. The New York Red Bulls and NYCFC, which is New York City Football Club, for those wanting to know what that meant. I was able to go to a uh, game recently, and it honestly was a game between both of them. So I said, oh, this is the perfect game to go to. It was at uh, Yankee Stadium. It was just a, um, it, it was such a great atmosphere because I'm so used to going to Yankee Stadium for obviously a baseball game or even a concert, but going for a soccer match. It felt different. It was fun. It was it was uh, the, the atmosphere. I mean, you're talking about people repping their colors. NYCFC wear the powder blue, for those who are wondering. And uh, the New York Red Bulls obviously wear red. So they have this whole rivalry now. And they call whenever they play each other the Hudson River Derby. Because obviously the Hudson River. So you have the fan bases of both of these teams. And they go, you know, whether it's at Red Bull Stadium, which is in Jersey, or it's in uh, Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. They have these fan bases that go back and forth. They do these different things. You also have, uh, it's funny because they have like the whole bragging rights section and it's a totally different setup. On the upper deck area in Yankee Stadium, they have a section just for the Red Bulls. And it's funny because you look at it, you see blue everywhere around the the entire stadium, but then you look at the very top. They put them in the cheapest seats possible is the Red Bulls, and they all wear red, all the fans and everything, and they all just sit together. And, you know, you'll see some of them spread out a little bit amongst Yankee Stadium, but odds are you're just going to see people wearing NYCFC. So it's the loyalty is crazy there. Some of the chants that were going on, because for those that don't know, the Red Bull Stadium is in Jersey. It's over. It's um obviously further down than anybody would expect for a team that's like the New York Red Bulls. Everyone expects it to be like, oh, you know, we're all in New York. We're all together, all of that. It's none of that at all. 
the biggest chant that had everyone um, pretty much laughing, had me laughing, was the whole go back to Jersey. And they they had it going pretty much the entire game. It was entertaining. I got to admit, the game itself. Now, for those that are, this is how you can tell I'm not a big soccer fan. I thought it was an exciting game. I thought the crowd was into it, was loud and everything. I talked to a couple of soccer fans. They were like, it wasn't really a good game. Even though NYCFC won with uh, one goal with the, like, the final 89 minutes to go. Well, after, after 89 minutes, I should say. I thought it was thrilling. I was like, oh, wow, they scored a goal. It's not going to be a tie. People were telling me, no, this is a this is a pretty uh, sloppy game. Just everybody was, you know, offsides. It was bad calls, bad this, bad that. I just I didn't know the difference. And that's just me learning the game. And you know, as I continue to progress and learn what's going on, it'll make even more sense to me. Now, with that being said, I spoke to some more fans. I actually have some of the audio that we're gonna hear a little bit later in the show. They have their thoughts on not only, you know, the game and the rivalry and MLS, but the World Cup as well. World Cup, for those who've been, you know, I don't know, in a coma for the last three or four weeks. Biggest thing in sports came down to France and Croatia. Croatia, you know, was the big underdog in this. France took care of business. They won 4-2. It was thrilling. There were goals scored. People were into it. So it was a big deal. It was a, a very big deal. And with that being said, there's like so many people that have their opinions on it. Like the biggest opinion if you're in the United States is the fact that the U.S. weren't even involved. Now, the U.S. were not involved because they didn't qualify. They uh, lost a surprising matchup to Trinidad and Tobago when uh, this was, like I believe, back in October during a qualifying match, which knocked them out. And that's when this huge rant happened, which I'm actually going to play as a flashback. There's a huge rant from an ESPN commentator that I just I just love. It's it's amazing. He pretty much sums up how to feel about American soccer and, and what's been going on with the program. The fact that you lost in Trinidad and Tobago in a qualifying match for the World Cup. So every four years is a big deal. The United States needs to work on getting back into it. Uh, Mr. Andy Francis. I know you guys remember Andy from earlier in the season. I spoke to him about the New York Islanders, you know, about his career. He's an actor, comedian. He is a huge Croatia guy, loves everything Croatian, athletes, food, you name it. He shared his thoughts on it. He was not too happy with the outcome, as you would expect. But uh, it was very entertaining hearing from him. I also have um, Marvin, who is a... Now, and I usually don't do this. I usually don't have like a lot of college students on the show. I always try to leave it to like just the, you know, the hardcore fans or professionals that are in the field. He is a huge soccer enthusiast, hosts a uh, radio show at my alma mater at uh, SUNY Old Westbury, OWWR, Old Westbury Web Radio. Huge soccer fan. I When I reached out to him, I was like, you know, I got to hear your thoughts on this because you're such a, a big fan of this. You follow everything that's going on. Uh, especially overseas, you know, here in America. Give me your thoughts on what happened with the World Cup. So we had a great conversation. Can't wait to he- for you guys to hear that. And uh, just, you know, I have some more clips and stuff from not only the uh, MLS game that I went to, but uh, also the World Cup f- uh, finals from Croatia and England, just to hear the excitement in the crowd, the excitement the announcers. That's my favorite part is the announcers, how they just get into it. And like I said, I, I watch so many games on uh, TV, on the web, and it's so good. So I'm going to definitely uh, going to share some of that as well as just the um, this one actually caught me off guard because I can't play the song for obvious legal reasons. But the uh, theme song, yes, they have a theme song for the World Cup this year. It was a uh, really good. Um, Will Smith is on it. He actually gave a behind the scenes uh, breakdown of going through, you know, putting the song together. And I'm going to play some of the uh, stuff that he was uh, talking about within his little, his YouTube, his YouTube page is amazing. Will Smith's YouTube page, amazing. You know, besides the whole, he did the, the In My Feelings challenge and on a bridge, he's taking it to another level. Like Will Smith has let you know, I, I'm still hip. I'm still about this life. I respect it. But uh, he gave his own behind the scenes of putting that song together and, it's definitely great. So you can hear the song. It's going to be on Spotify. They're going to they're going to announce it during his uh, presentation. So uh, check that out. 
and uh, just enjoy. You know, I'm like I said, I thank you again for everybody listening for the first time here on Spotify. I hope you enjoy it. It's sports social. I just love to just talk about sports in the purest way possible. It's not just going to be always about the numbers. We just want to talk about the people, the personalities, the things around it, whether it's video games, you know, the uh, the music. This is what this show is about, and I appreciate you guys tuning in every week and uh, making it what it is. So without further ado, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, iHeartRadio, and now Spotify. Yo, my man Nicky Jam invited me to be on the FIFA World Cup song. So I'm about to go in here, lay my vox. I'm excited. It's a big record. One life, live it up, only live one life. One life, live it up, cause you don't get it quite. Coffee, yeah. Yo, no, listen, man. Yo, we was up in this thing all hours last night. All right, let's go. What we got? One life, one dream, one moment, one team, one you. Lights high, thousand roadblocks, one shot, one truth, one flash. Ah! One truth, no fears. All right, here we go. One life, one dream, one moment, one team, one you. Ah! Go again, go again, go again. Put me closer. One life, one dream, one moment, one team, one you. Lights hot, thousand roadblocks, one shot, one truth, no fears, one flag. Oh yeah, we've been waiting for this all year. We are that. Perfect. Yes. Right there, son. Right there, son. Hey, what's up, man? How you feeling, man? You talking about Chihuahua? I got a Chihuahua with a cockeye. A, a Chihuahua? Yeah, yeah. I ain't joking, man. You got a cockeye Chihuahua. Yeah, man. man. This is my favorite dog. Yes. <laughs> that dog should be in a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> you got a cockeye Chihuahua. <laughs> so we ready? We ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready. One life, live it up, cause we got one life. One life, live it up, cause we got one life. One life, live it up, cause we don't get it twice. One life, live it up, cause we don't get it twice. So, so Will's voice, I wanted to stand out more. I want my voice to be a little bit lower. I just want to hear Will like, man, like, one life. Ah. You know what I'm saying? Doing that rapping part. Yo, you don't do that in the street. Show him it doesn't matter if you big or not. Show it doesn't matter. So somebody. He didn't just do a split. He did a jump into a split. That's different. Because it's different if you like. <laughs> you try to walk it down, like you know. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so I think we got one more thing to lay. Oh, yeah. like, live it up, cause we don't run like. No, no, on top of my voice. What type of your you know what I'm yeah. like, uh, that. That's you see what I'm saying. One life, live it up, cause you got one life. One life, live it up, cause you got one life. Alright. One life, live it up, cause you got one life. One life, live it up, cause you got one life, live it up, cause you got one life. One life, live it up, cause you got one life. One life, live it up, cause you don't get it twice. One life, live it up, cause you don't get it twice. My cardio for the day. Do it. Oh, 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 oh
let's see. One life, live it up, cause you don't give it Official FIFA World Cup song. You can check it out on Spotify, yeah. Apple Music. Yeah. Get yours. Will Smith, Nicky Jam, Diplo. Diplo. Craziness, yeah. son. iHeartRadio now combines your favorite radio stations plus your on-demand music collection all in one app iHeartRadio All Access now allows you to take your music collection offline to listen anywhere without a connection or using data. From the My Music Pivot, tap on a playlist you want to take offline. Toggle to offline. Indicators will fill in seconds, showing when your tracks and playlists are available offline. Radio plus unlimited music all in one app. Do you want to retire like a champ? Just like legendary basketball star Uncle Drew. Don't do it like that, Uncle Drew. You're already acing the game. You've got your dream ride. Don't be slamming my door. Sorry about that. You just did the nah. same. Gotta get the boys. Your dream vacation and your dream team. And now you can make your retirement just as legendary. I get buckets. Get the tips you need to get on track at aceyourretirement.org. Here is the planet's ultimate game. The final of the 21st Football World Cup. Flicked in by Griezmann and flicked on! And France take the lead in the World Cup final! Indeed, Croatia's centre-forward got the touch that mattered. Faded it in, Vashalko appeared round the back. Mandzukic can compete with Pogba. Came down for Vida. And then Perisic, 1-1! He has screamed that in! In by Griezmann, and the French are screaming handball. And the referee is choosing to look himself. What a call to have to make. He's given a penalty. A penalty for France in the World Cup final. Antoine Griezmann. France have their lead back. A goal of its age, of its generation. Mbappe. Griezmann. Pogba. Pogba! For France and possibly now the world. Here's Mbappe. Oh, my word. The first teenage World Cup final goal since Pele himself. Oh, Lloris was caught on it by Mandzukic. Lloris with a moment of madness. Mandzukic perhaps a moment of redemption. It is France. It will be some can-can on the Champs-Élysées tonight. France are the champions of the world. Just talk, just say, what are your thoughts on the uh, final again? Well, Croatia clearly brought the play to France. It's universally and unanimously agreed that they carried the play. And after one half, the shots were 7-1, to one, but somehow France was leading 2-1. to one. And if you're wondering how, it was on a clear, blatant dive, followed by an offside goal, own goal, and then... Probably one of the most egregious refereeing decisions on a VAR instant replay call, which also is unanimously and universally agreed to be a blown penalty call. 
right. which made Croatia have to chase the game. And in soccer, it's not like other American sports. You have to commit yourself on offense, which means you're very open to being scored against on defense. So Croatia being aggressive pushed everyone forward, and France obviously has dynamic counterattacking players, but the thought was, oh, France is a great team. They're going to dominate this game. Croatia dominated the game, and that's why it hurts to see them lose. I would have rather them got smacked 5 nothing and dominated, but when they carried the play, like they carried the play so much to the point, the MVP of the tournament they gave to a Croatian guy, and they didn't even win the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, I've never heard of that. That's is that like just a FIFA thing? And because I've never no, heard it's, of anything it's, like I've that. I've seen it in hockey. It's if there's one player who, you know, it's just. It's like a you know how LeBron there's only so yeah. much you could do against a great team yeah. and he like I mean, theoretically he could still be the MVP. Uh, Modric just you know he took he took a team that was good not unbelievable and took them to the final and had them carry the play in the final. France has a team of just many very very great players so that's probably why he won it. Now I got to ask you one more thing now because. At the end of the day, Croatia, this was a big deal. I mean, it's the yeah. first time, right? It's, a, the yeah, it's, so it's, like, it's Well, the country's only been around since about 1996. Yeah. And they've already made the, uh, the semifinal in 98 and now the World Cup final now, all with a country of 4.1 million. That's about the same as Kentucky. And meanwhile, the United States cannot even beat Jamaica in a qualifying game. Just to show you, you know, the contrast in numbers, it's why it's so... Like, the run is so unbelievable. And, yeah, they, they did get fortunate with their matchups, but the only reason they got that side of the fortunate draw was because they beat Argentina, the heavy favorite, in the group stage 3 to nothing. So, I mean, it's just, considering the populations, it's an unbelievable achievement. You, I thought they were all old. But Germany, you had, no, Muller and Cruz. And not only had they already won a World Cup, but they were, like, 24. Now they're, like, 28. That's, like, prime where you're still young and have the experience. Um, but, they, 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 but my whole thing is, like, what if France? Because in the uh, Olympics, they have soccer, right? No, don't the, they, the, the Olympic part? soccer is different. It's way different. Um, you don't even field the teams that you would send to the World Cup. You kind of send uh, prospective players. You send players who you hope to make the World Cup. Mm. So, it's more, I thought it's, yeah, it's, way, it's way less prestigious. I thought it would way be the opposite. Of, okay, well, that's that's interesting. It's only soccer like that, I guess, right? Yeah, it's yeah. the only true, in my opinion, world championship because there's yeah. no other sport that every country essentially is dying to win. Like you know, we create a sport like we call the New England Patriots world champions. Yeah, how many people in Belgium grew up hoping to be the world champions of football? Right. No, but you're talking about. Met billions, billions of people wanting to win a championship. Uh, what's the basic Super Bowl audience? 3.2 billion people watch the World Cup final. That's that's insane, dude. That's insane. Do you know how many Super Bowl audiences that is? Yeah. So if you have a magic moment, yeah, you literally are now any point on this globe a recognized commodity. You can't even sneak to the Congo without some guy knowing. That's that's really crazy. That's why I explain to people yeah. like that to me is part of the draw. I understand games could be one nothing and maybe not that, ten, but all I have to do is cut to the crowd and then you just all of a sudden the magnitude hits you. Yeah. So I'm more about well, that. It depends on what they're cutting to the crowd for, because you already got in trouble with uh, oh, showing girls. You know, Ed, that is <laughs> the streaker. No, no, no. They show the the girls in the crowd. They told yeah, yeah. FIFA told. Yeah, so FIFA got warned yeah. of showing too many attractive women. Yeah. Now let me ask you something. How did you learn about that? Through the news. They were yeah, through the news, right? Yeah. Like a, I'm assuming one of many websites. Right. And you want to know how scummy the websites are? You know what they do in their article? What? Preview it with a hot woman. The sure. thing that they're told or saying not to do, they shame do. on you, FIFA, they do with their actual article by showing the hottest of the hot. Eight years after Russia was awarded this event, the dream finally becomes a reality. Oh, what a goal that is! 
is denied. The small nation stands tall. Sensational goal! South Korea have scored. Can you believe it? They can't make it count. 2-0. That is it. Germany are going home from this World Cup. towards the sharp end. Oh, how about that? Mbappe's got another one! Cavani, brilliant! And we will go to penalties. And he's done it! And England win on penalties! have been reduced to four. Griezmann with the corner, kick it up, TT! And it is over. It is Kieran Trippier. Junior, we are back, and I'm on the line right now with Marvin Argueta. And Marvin, I've I met you at well, it was a uh, media talk panel at SUNY College at Old Westbury, where you're a student at, correct? Yes. Yeah, I met you for the first time. Yep. Okay. So I knew right away. Obviously, you were talking to me about being like such a big soccer enthusiast, and I didn't want to just do a show about soccer because I gotta say, personally, I'm not the biggest <laughs> soccer fan in the world. But I didn't want to just do a yeah. show about soccer and not give you a chance to have your say, especially since you follow it so deeply. And, and like I said, your Twitter yeah. is amazing. You know, um, I would give you a chance to shout out your Twitter at the end, but you give all these different updates. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're definitely into it. So you're the perfect person to talk to about what's going on in the world of soccer, especially the World Cup. So let me just start there. What were your thoughts on uh, just the World Cup in general this year? Well, yeah, well – Number one, I, I thought Russia, the host, was uh, quite a uh, did a great job hosting the World Cup because you know, uh, as a fan watching now, this is my third World Cup watching it. Uh, I thought it was a good job by Russia of having the perfect field, uh, the perfect atmosphere, great security. First of all, because it's very important to have great security. Field wise, didn't have much, and then the weather as well was for the most part no no problem for every team. Now. For the competition, I probably would say, uh, you know, it was this World Cup was very unexpected for, you know, the big tier teams like the Germany, the Spain, the Argentina, the Brazil to go down real quickly. And we see kind of the lower tier teams just uh, somehow close gap 
between the big tier teams. And I thought uh, this World Cup showed that these smaller teams are not afraid of these big teams anymore. Not like it used to be in the 90s and 2000s. It seems so many smaller teams like the South Korea, some of the Croatias, some of the, you know, the Russias qualifying to the, the quarterfinals of this uh, World Cup. I thought some of those small tier teams are really starting to close the gap between the big tier teams. And I think that's when we noticed this and at this World Cup. Now, you said you brought up the uh, smaller tier teams. Obviously, Croatia yeah. making you all the way to the final. Were you surprised yep. by how fast they were able to just, you know, make that big jump? Because I believe they just qualified for the first time, correct? Uh, this is like, no, well, this is the first time. This is their fourth World Cup. Uh, they, I mean, for the last couple of years, they've been in the last, uh, I think, three World Cups. But they've, they've always been out in the first uh, stage of the World Cup. So the group stages, they've been out. Now, this is the one, the first time in their history they're making to their first final, final appearance. And they are, you know, quality midfield with Luka Modric, with Ivan Rakitic. They have a quality uh, core of players. And this is, most of their players are starting to get to the age of 30. And when you're a soccer player and playing at the age of 30, it is a high level and just a high intensity because, you know, it's every four years. So you never got a chance to win a World Cup or get to a World Cup final. So, you know, it was amazing to see Croatia get into a World Cup final. Okay, now, obviously France winning. Did anybody have them as a favorite, or was this a team that was also another surprise? Uh, I thought France did a good job. Uh, I think a lot of people had France as one of the favorites, but, you know, coming into this World Cup, you know, we noticed a lot of friendlies. If you're a soccer fan, you see some of these friendlies and some of these tactic, tactical uh, adjustments from their manager on these on these quality players that France have. And you got to just see, can they do it at a World Cup stage? You know, they had a young lot of players. They had Kylian Mbappe. They got Paul Pogba. They got a lot of young players on that team. Now, the question was, coming into the World Cup, can they uh, live up to the expectation of their talent? Which they did. Uh, in the group stages, had no problem. The only time they actually chilled was 9 minutes, 12 seconds against Argentina. Other than that, they were leading throughout the whole tournament. So defensively, they did a good job with Samuel and Titi and Baran, who played one for Barcelona, one for Real Madrid. And they had a good fallback, and they had a great keeper in Hugo Lloris. They did a quality job of defending, keeping their shape, and then getting teams on the counterattack, and that's how they won the World Cup. Okay, now obviously it was real disappointing uh, finding out late last year the U.S. didn't qualify after losing to Trinidad and Tobago. Now, obviously, you know, we're in the U.S. What is going on yeah. in U.S. soccer? Is it just, uh, is it really just falling downhill right now, or should we be expecting a resurgence in some type of way? Well, uh, we're starting to see change. Uh, I'm noticing that, especially with, uh, you know, how they played against France, because they did tie against France in the friendly that they played a lot of young core players. Uh, they didn't have their best player in Christian Pulisic, but, they did have a lot of their younger players that are starting to build up as an academy. But I think one of the things that uh, conversation that needs to be started, and it was started when they make the World Cup, was uh, should we change our academy uh, system? Because we play in, in other countries, we play uh, an academy system in which we don't need to have money to be a great player in soccer to be noticed. You see some of these scouts from Europe, from big clubs, decide to go to other countries because the United States, in that state, in that country, uh, excuse me, they need to have the big, big uh, money grabbers. And that's how the United States gets their players from. Now, that needs to change because some of the best players that are on this country are probably don't have that amount of income in their family. So that has to change in this country. I thought it, it was a great point by uh, Brian McBride, who's former player of the United States, that said it right. If you're a young player and have the quality to go to Europe, go to Europe. You see the difference in between the quality, the MLS, or some of these younger academies, and then you go to Europe. Just the intensity, just a different mindset in which these players play. It is different than the United States. The United States, some of these players, some of these young players coming up in these academies don't really understand because they have other sports to rely to. If they don't, rely, if they don't fail, if they don't play good in soccer, then they got other sports to rely on, football basketball, uh, hockey. They got other sports to do, not just soccer. But in these other countries, it's the pressure is on to, to either play well or you're out. And, that, and that's the difference, I think, in the United States.
Okay, and obviously you were staying in the United States. Um, MLS, what do you feel like? Yeah. How do you feel about the product? Do you feel like it can match up with some of the other uh, great leagues that yeah. you were just describing? Yeah. Um, well, I'll use the Red Bulls as an example, right? Uh, Jesse Marsh, who now left the New York Red Bulls, uh, he's going to Europe as well, um, started a system. Now, we see some of these big countries create a system that, you know, a league needs to start in a system which the country has to uh, adapt to. We see Spain. They like to play uh, passing around the soccer. They like to uh, also uh, have good touches, have a good skill set, mindset. They don't want to play physical. They just want to outpass you and out just smart you with one, two passes. We have to create a, a system or a style of play that the MLS should start with, should create, that the United States should use and help the MLS become a better league. I watch MLS all the time, and I, I notice comparing to some other leagues, the quality is is, is not there uh, schematically having the right tactics. And I think uh, once we establish a tactic, a tactic in which the United States uses and the MLS uses it all together, I think that w- would create a great amount of change in the MLS and the way it's approached and the way the soccer is played compared to other nations, other countries. And then and once we uh, finally realize what tactics or what skill sets work for us, that will be the reward in the end when, say, the MLS gets to its high level and avoid getting some of these older players and build up our, our players around our youth academies and help them have an, have an idea of what style we want to play. Since you said you do watch MLS, do you have a team? Is it uh, the, the Red Bulls or the NYCFC or is there another team you don't stay within New York? Uh, you know, I, I watch MLS when I have the opportunity. Uh, you know, I love I, – I don't have an MLS team. Uh, I'm more of a, a Europe guy, but if, to be honest, to be honest, uh, I love the New York Cosmos. That's, that, that's my old school uh, team because uh, I know Pele started there, but, you know uh, – but it, it, I, I think the Red Bulls and NYC, I wasn't born into that. Uh, I knew I grew up watching these two teams. I know uh, they had Thierry Henry. I remember they had Juan Pablo Angel. I know they had Dobby Villa. But, you know, um, I probably – I just haven't established myself as a great MLS fan. I'm just more and more continuing to watch it. I want to see the sport and the quality evolve. But, uh, you know, it's difficult. I, it, to be, between the Red Bulls and M- NYFC, it's – uh, I, pro- I just don't. I just can't answer that for you because it's just difficult for me. Because uh, I'm such a big. Uh, I, just, I watch so many other leagues. MLS is just uh, one of these leagues that I just. I watch when I have time. It's not my number one priority, but I gotta say it's a. Uh, it's it's a it's it's a good league. It's a good league, and I hope it continues to grow, and 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 and, and we can see better uh, players and better quality around the MLS. Marvin, amazing stuff. Can you let everybody know where they can follow you on Twitter? Let them know, like, your radio show. Just promote uh, your content. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I have a soccer show, Goal Zone, with my hosts, Renee Canales and Andrew Toma. It's from uh, Saturday on org. You guys could also go stop, uh, download us on the TuneIn app and then write the keywords OWWRNY. Well, also, you can follow me, you know, on Twitter, um, at Marvin Argueta. Um I love following. If you guys follow, if you follow me, you know, I always retweet soccer stuff because I love this sport. I love some of my commentators. I love some of the reporters. I love what they do. That's what I'm trying to be. And and uh, I, I hope to strive to be one of these guys that uh, follows the sport that they love, and that's soccer. Well, Marvin, definitely a great job, and I'm looking forward to it. Man. I'm looking forward to seeing you call in one of these games. So keep it up. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love following what you do. I know I may not always respond, but this is just an example of just me enjoying the work that you're putting out there. And Just keep it up, man. All right. I really appreciate it, and have a good one. I really uh, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no problem, man. You take care, okay? All right. Thank you. You too. I'm Paul George. When I was six... I had one thing on my mind. When I was six, my days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. 
When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke F-A-S-T. Fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Match day is no ordinary day. The pitch. Hallowed ground for players and supporters alike. Excitement builds. Game plans are made with responsibility in mind. Celebrations are underway. Ready for kickoff. MLS clubs and our supporters rise to the challenge. We make responsible decisions while we cheer on our heroes and toast their success. Elevate your match day experience. If you drink, never drive. Maxi Morales kicks off the match for New York City FC. Just took his eye off the ball for a split second. Almost caught. Don't forget about the scoring mark for Bradley Wright Phillips in this derby as it pings around as it comes right to his feet of a rolled in ball by Connor Lade. Balls to Tyler Adams. Nice pass. Nudge forward to Kaku. He's got runners in front. Royer. Wright Phillips to his left. But he'll go for goal and a diving save. Pushed off to the left hand side. And a follow up. Unable to put it on target. But a big save by Sean Johnson. Time save. Excellent from Red Bull. Tyler Adams just lifting the ball into the danger zone. Off goes Kaku. And this time under pressure. Just deciding to pull the trigger. Sean Johnson pushing the ball away from danger. At least he thought so. Look at this recovery from Collins. And his quality. This looks a lot like their set piece of last week. It's launched into the box by Ring. It's chested down in front. And it's a chance here for New York City FC. Right at the end of the first half. The chance this is. It's a beautiful switch of play from Ring. Medina decides to chest it into that danger zone. He's close. By Collins. It fell nicely for Warrior. Broken up by Chanel. Davis. Stopped by Kaku. Overlap by Lawrence. Got to the byline and almost stuck it in near post on the tightest of angles. It's not for Sean Johnson getting down early and covering that near post. Lawrence with the effort. It looks like he's trying to cross it but doesn't get the right connection. And it almost sneaks inside Sean Johnson's near post. For tonight, putting Red Bulls at 33 and NYCFC at 32. Ball to the byline. Tyler Adams cut it back and it deflects off Sean Johnson. And a great opportunity for Kaku. Action off Sean Johnson and Kaku can't put it on target. He's got a score. Great ball once again on this right-hand side. Beautiful cutback. And just as Sean Johnson thinks he's got it all dealt with, as he rebounds it into that penalty area, it's into a great zone for Kaku to arrive onto it perfectly. But he's got to do better, Kaku. That's the chance right there that we... Andy Morales. Took a deflection on Medina, falls back to Medina, and Medina! Wow. What a save by Robles. As it falls kindly, that's a beautiful touch. Excellent first touch, but he doesn't get enough power. It gives Robles a chance. And that's a fine save. He's outstretched, Lewis Robles. Still managing to hold on to the ball. Great goalkeeping. And Jossie Zardes. Oh, and it's nearly given away here. This could be the chance for NYCFC. The right in front, and the giveaway has resulted in the goal. Luis Robles can't believe it. It's Morales who's done it. Later on, 85th minute. Finally, they broke it through at Yankee Stadium. To Morales, but all the credit goes to Jonathan Lewis. Once again, off the bench to make a difference. What a terrific effort that is. He just catches Aaron Long off guard. Lack of concentration from the Red Bulls. Ship with Alexander Collins, Ibiago. Has handled that other center back spot quite nicely over the last two months. This long throw from Etienne will drop in the box and it pings off the post. And a second ball comes back in and it's blocked by the traffic. A wave and a miss by Aaron Long. A desperate clearance, some emergency defending. Opportunity for the Red Bulls because it's not dealt with well by NYCFC. It bounces inside that six yard box. Sean Johnson's got to do a better job with his defenders to clear the danger. Second time around, Alex Ring clears off the shot from Royer. Luis Robles as quickly as possible trying to restart it. 
The eyes are on Baldomero Toledo right now, and he blows the whistle. That's it. Late goal, Maxi Morales produces the three points. The win for New York City FC and Toby Torrens' first derby against Red Bulls. 1-0, the final tonight at Yankee Stadium. Okay, I'm here today with... Shanique Pimentel. All right, how's it going? So you're a big NYCFC fan. Yes, I am. I actually started following NYCFC not too long ago. It's been um, about two or three months since I started coming to the games. You're two or three months, and it seems like you're a hardcore fan. I am. <laughs> you're all decked out. Now, I have to ask the question, why NYCFC over Red Bulls? Well, I was born in um, Flushing, New York, um, and I've lived here most of my life. And I just feel um, NYCFC is close to my heart because of that. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. So the Red Bulls, even though they've been around for, you know, plenty more years, they were the Metro Stars, all that in the past. Um, you're now in Yankee Stadium for the games, and you already had your opinion about Yankee Stadium. And what's that? Well, Yankee Stadium, the, you know, it's not a big, it's not a real soccer field. But, you know, it's manageable. Manageable, and, you know, in the future, hopefully, we'll get our own stadium, soccer stadium. <laughs> Okay, see, I like it. You die hard with it. Now I gotta ask this last question because the World Cup's going on. Mm -hmm. All right, preference is it World Cup or the MLS right now? Right now, um, I think I'm both, honestly, because <laughs> I was very hardcore fan of World Cup, but now I'm starting to get into MLS more. So both. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay, I'm here with Paul, and you're a die-hard Red Bulls fan, correct? Yes. Okay, so why the Red Bulls over NYCFC? Um, it's my neighborhood team. I'm from Jersey. Um, I was born in New York City, but um, you know it's something that you know the team was there. Uh, they've been there for 20 years. There's a history to it, and um, I've just been following it for about seven years now. So it was basically no tempting to move over and you know be a part of this rivalry because obviously this team just well, it just existed last year was the first year for NYCFC right? Yeah, I, I think history is is very important, um, you know, and and the fact that it's easy commute for me personally uh, since I'm in New Jersey, um, that's why I became a Red Bulls fan and also the supporters culture they they welcome me with open arms, um, and you know I, I'm I'm very loyal sports fan so. That's the team I chose, and that's the team I'm going to stay with. Okay, I respect that. And obviously, you're a sports fan. Do you follow the World Cup at all? Yeah, I follow the World Cup. Mm -hmm. So, if you had a choice, uh, would you prefer watching the World Cup or MLS? I would rather watch the MLS at this point because USA is not in the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, I, I watch both, so you know, it's uh, I would in a World Cup's uh, year, it's World Cup over MLS. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you very much, Paul. Yeah. It's not about tonight. It's not about Jurgen Klinsmann. It's not just about Bruce Arena. As a whole, U.S. soccer is not prepared. They have not done a good enough job of getting this group ready to play. And keep in mind, the last two Olympics, no United States. Those players that would be playing in the Olympics, 24 through 28, how many of them are in this roster? The players got to be good enough, too. So a lot of people on social media right now want to say it's Jurgen Klinsmann's fault, it's Bruce Arena's fault, it's Daniil Galati's fault. By the way, as an ex-player, every single one of those players, they can take some nightmares yep. for the rest of their lives because this is an utter embarrassment with the amount of money that is in Major League Soccer and in this sport. You can't get a draw, a tie against Trinidad? Max, you don't deserve to go to the World Cup. They, they, they certainly and did. And people always say about it's tough to get points here, but I see Mexico oh, get come points. Come on. We can, we, we can stop using that excuse. Yes. This is, this is, you look at this team, you look at this, they're going to be sitting around next summer and they're going to be watching this World Cup go on without them. So what does this program do? Is this, this group, do you, do you blow it up? Do you this is sit? everything, though, Max. Because so, I remind everyone, 2,000 euros, Germany laid an egg, and they all came together. Bundesliga, second Bundesliga, DFB, the German uh, Football Federation, all came together with a 10-year plan. Guess what happened in 10 years? They won that World Cup. If this failure does not wake up everyone from U.S. soccer to Major League Soccer, from pay to play to broadcasters to everything, then we're all insane. Because the definition of insanity is doing the exact same thing Knowing the result. Love it. And if we don't change it, and I mean we, everyone in U.S. soccer, then what are we doing? What's the point? Because that 
should have never happened with the billion dollars plus that is going into Major League Soccer and youth development. That should have never happened, and it did, and every single person should look themselves in the mirror. And by the way, that's including myself. Yeah, I'm part of we, U.S. Soccer. We're all involved I, in I played this. for the program. It's embarrassing. <laughs> we're involved and we're sick, and we look at, uh, we look at what this team has been able to do, and it, a lot of times they, the criticism comes and they repel the criticism. The criticism, it's going to come, come and think about it. I hear what up. you're saying now. It, the gloves are off at this point, and, we, and people got to be real. And well, you and I it. have talked about this off camera. Well, guess what? I see that little red light. It's on, and yeah. I'm going to bring it up right now. Okay. The, crit the gloves should have been off years ago. We should have been having real criticism. And the discussion after Brazil, Max, was can we beat the Colombias and the Belgians and the Argentinas of the world? Are you kidding me? We can't beat Trinidad on a field that's too wet and too heavy? <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? This is the discussion that's being had. It's, it's remarkable to me when I go in this stupid thing right here at how ignorant people are when the rest of the world, Belgium played Bosnia on a cow pasture. I want to take the time to thank my guest, Marvin, from SUNY College at Old Westbury. Old WWR, Old Westbury Web Radio, you continue to make it proud. I'm just happy for everything you guys are doing down there. It's just great stuff to listen to. I uh, also want to give a uh, special shout-out to my boy Andy Francis. Uh, <laughs> I know he's still a little hurt right now when it comes to uh, the whole Croatia situation, but uh, as always, very entertaining and very informative stuff that you can only get from him. So uh, definitely shout-out to him, as well as the uh, just everyone that just spoke to me regarding, you know, just going on with MLS and their thoughts on the World Cup. And as always, you guys, I'm going to start sharing some of the stuff you send me on social media, so at Ed Easton Jr. That's Twitter and Instagram. And let me know what you think. If you uh, have some thoughts or you just want a shout out, I'll do that as well on the air. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Until next time, you've been listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, iHeartRadio, and yes, Spotify. <laughs>